Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. If you're listening on a podcast platform, thank you for making us your first listen today. And I hope that we can be your first listen every day. We love that you listen to us. We love that you enjoy our content. We'll keep bringing it to you. You know, our goal is very simple. It's to make you smarter about FSU football. That's it. We hope that we can give you one or two things that maybe you wouldn't have known had you not listened. And if we can do that, we've done our job. Now, when we're not doing that, we're just like y'all. We're two lawyers and a former lobbyist, soon-to-be business consultant, who love Florida State, so we talk about it on here, but there's a million things going on behind the scenes. we got kids to put to bed. we got work to do, unfortunately. We have schoolwork, as you can see by my textbooks here. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, thank you. You're like my mom at this point, just supporting me in all my new ventures. And like her, I love you for it, so thank you. If you haven't checked out the YouTube yet, make sure you swing on over there. But anyway... Every now and then we got to save a little time. So what you're getting tonight is the second part of yesterday's discussion. We filmed it Sunday. So two nights ago, as you're listening to this on Tuesday, but it's even meatier than last night's discussion. Last night, we talked about kind of the coaching carousel and what the losses around college football meant for Florida State and those kinds of things. Tonight, we drill down on the numbers. I get the spreadsheet out. We look at expected win percentages, give us an expected win total for the season based on everything we now know about FSU's upcoming opponents. We also take on the biggest rumor flying around the Florida State message boards right now. Maybe not the biggest. There's a lot of rumors out there, but the one that really gets my gizzard, if you know what I mean, and that is that Odell Higgins might not be long for his position. Well, to that we say, Drake's going to hate this, Odell no. He's staying right here, and I again bust out the spreadsheet, bust out the research, and show y'all why bringing Ed Orgeron over from LSU would be a horrible decision. Just a cataclysmically bad decision by a program that doesn't need any more bad decisions. So with that, I'll kick it over to me and Drake to talk about the rest of the season talk about some coaching rumors, and bring you Locked on Seminoles. Gentlemen, take it away. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you guys want to congratulate me on the new the new gig, feel free to go leave a five-star review and make sure you check us out on YouTube. Even if you're listening to this, you don't want to go re-listen to all of it on YouTube, go subscribe to us on YouTube and hit the little notifications bell. That way next time you'll be like, ah, maybe today's a YouTube day, you know? We do tape Tuesdays on Tuesday. Tomorrow we won't have one because of the bye week, but that's where you can see me break down game film, which is really better in a visual-only medium. And in just a minute, we're going to address the rumor that's been flying around that Maybe when Ed Orgeron is out at LSU, he'll replace Odell Hagens as our defensive line coach. I've got a chart that shows why that wouldn't be a good idea. But again, it's kind of for the visual-only medium. Now, let's talk about sort of tangentially how that Orgeron thing happened while talking about our last two games of the season, Drake. What did Friday and Saturday, I guess Saturday for these two teams, tell you about Boston College and Florida 
And what's your outlook look like on those games now? Austin College, to me, is a, a little bit more of a winnable game, in my personal opinion. Like, I saw Dennis Grossell actually was performing very, very well over the course of the year as he did replace Big Phil, a.k.a. Phil Dracovic, that was there. That being said, it's still going to be a very difficult game. I, I still have that, honestly, as an L because I do think that they have the better head coach on that sideline with Jeff Halfley. And that defense actually is improved. I know the NC State, NC State you know, kind of ran up on them, scored up all up on them. But as we just said, NC State overall is a very damn good team, whether it be offense and defense. Corey Durden actually is playing himself into an all-ACC caliber player. I don't know if you saw the picture of him actually on Twitter. He looks like in immensely great shape, too. So it's that's going to be... A difficult game, but Boston College, I think, is a little bit more winnable. Maybe we'll see it's how we so get players. Disappointing though. What? Like, I understand what they were doing, but I, I same thing when I was watching the game on Saturday night. I'm like, gosh, if we had Durden and Woodby right now, like both build, you know, one filling a position of need, Durden would be a great depth piece. It's like I almost feel like Durden though has to kind of look back and go, Oh man, I mean on that actually. Yeah, yeah, give me. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think about that. So a lot of people, whether it be, you know, and on Twitter, social media, or just, you know, message boards, I've always been like, you know, hey, Mike, we had that, what, like 30 kids leave the program, whether it be by transfer, whether it be by going yeah. to different places, stuff like that. I'm one of those people, I do agree that there is certain talent that was, you know, that did leave the program that we should have kept hold on to. I look at DJ Mathis as a prime example of that. That being said, if you see the way, I guess, Norvell operates and how these kids, you know, how these kids are doing now, He's still just because he was just because he's doing much better now at a different school does not mean he'd be doing the same damn thing here. It's kind of like when you when you when people go to different jobs and they excel better under better management. It's something cl- does not click between the two when they're here now. Why would it be any different when you know if they stayed there? So that to me is kind of one big thing there. I do think Norvell did. I think he didn't try as hardest with some of the talent, but I I'm not going to automatically say that every single kid that left you know would still be doing the same damn thing here if they stayed. I'm not making that face because I, I'm making that face of the phrase better management. Cause I, I, I think it might just be that that management's more suited to them. You know, I think that, you know how it is. Like how many times did you not want to walk into Fidel because some bad stuff happened in there? Right. Like, I don't mean bad, bad, what but like, what look, are you talking about, bro? You know what I mean though? Like you have a, you have a bad, you know, it's like, gosh, I've had a few bad nights. Like, I don't know. I just don't really feel like being in that house right now. I want to go hang out at someone else's house off. You know, it's just like, you kind of want to be out of the same vibe that you had that hasn't been going well for you, you know? And, and I think there's something to be said for that with a change of scenery sometimes can be all that a kid needs, you know, look, exactly. I've been in a place You've played for two head coaches in three years. You're just like nothing too. You're like, look, man, I, I really just need a total vibe change. I know it sounds like such a Gen Z word to say vibe, but y'all get what I'm saying. It's true. So Drake, all right, folks, sorry to pull you away from that action, but I'm doing it to tell you about another kind of action. That's right. It's prize picks again. If you haven't tried prize picks, I just I have to ask, why not? Guys, prize picks, you pick your team, three to five players. Each one of them has an individual prop over under. So if you've got a wide receiver, it might be over under six and a half catches. You got a running back, it might be over under 87 yards. You pick which one, where you think they're going to go, if they're going to go over that or under that. And if you're right for your entire team, just you against you, you have the option to be right. I guess possibility to be right or the possibility to be wrong. And if you're right, you win money. It's that simple. So go to prize picks in the app store. Google Play Store, wherever you, whatever you use from your phone, prize picks, and use promo code locked on when you sign up to get a hundred dollar welcome bonus when you deposit a hundred dollars. Prize picks. Locked on's the promo code. And 
once y'all win your money, you know what I'm going to tell you to do with it. You go to rockauto.com. Great selection, reliably low prices. It's just easy. I mean, look, I, I haven't fixed something on my car in months now, but when I used to have the old Jeep that, well, didn't always work so great, I was using Rock Auto. I won't say like it wasn't on a daily basis or anything. It wasn't that old of a Jeep, but I used it for my headlights. I used it for my taillights. Uh, I used it to replace a, what did I replace? The, the belt? Was it the belt or the hose? I, I don't know. I either had to replace one of the hoses or maybe I had to replace one of the belts. I don't know, but I used it. It was super easy. You go to Rock Auto, it's just like, hey, what year, what make, what model, where's the problem? And they get you the part. So go to rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Let's do a quick exercise. I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to talk. We're going to do one quick hit for the end of the season. And then I'm going to show y'all why I think replacing Odell Hagens with our boy um, Ed Orgeron would not be a good idea. So first I want to have us go through. I'm going to zoom way in here and we're going to do a little, no, come over here, a little expected value probability chart. Folks, what an expected value is, is you give the percentage likelihood of something happening, multiple activities, or multiple possible outcomes for the same activity. You multiply them all together, and you get the probability, the probable outcomes. It's kind of hard to explain because there's 20 different ways you can use it. What we're going to do is put the percentage chance we think you have of winning each game. You add those together because there's only you only play each game once, so you wouldn't multiply it. And that will give us the expected number of wins for the season for each of us. So, Drake, UMass, what do you got? 85. All right. I'm, I'm going to put them at like a 98 because I feel good about that. Clemson, where are you going with this? You said mine. Give me 33. 33? All right. Yeah, it's at 35 or 40, so I'm going to go 37 and a half. NC State. <laughs> Give me 15. Oh man. Yeah. I was, I was going to go even lower. That's a, that's a 5% chance for me. Uh, folks, by the way, these decimals, it's in percentages. So, um, that's, that's the reason Miami, where are you at on them? Give me 73. Oh man. You're getting real, real, real. Yeah. I, yeah. Watch um, yeah I, I think for me, I'm going to say because that's four games from now, and there could be the injury bug, and you don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, give that a 60% chance. Make it Boston. 69. No. Oh, you want yours to be 69? <laughs> it's close enough. No, yeah, you're yeah. at 73. No, no, you're locked in. It's what you said. Right, Go ahead, right, Boston right. College. We can't take the folks' time. They're spending their Monday morning with us. We got to give them efficiency. I like Give it. me for Boston College. Give me a 42. All right, Boston College. We're playing in the cold, but... Once Trakovich went down, I'm not as high on them. I think their quarterback's average rating for the year is like a like an 81. And I think against NC State, he had like a 42. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think without Trakovich, they will be a very good team under um, – what's the coach's name? The court, ha, yeah, under Jeff Happley. But I think next year is going to be their year because the young guy whose name I can't remember, just I don't think he's really suited to to run this offense. And if we're clicking the way I think we could be clicking by then – I don't know. I think this is another 60% chance game. I think we're kind of, them and Miami are kind of equal chances. Um, Florida, I'll go first because I want to be, want to go first. I, I think you have a legitimate 40% chance to win this game. And I think people go, well, Max, I thought you just said they looked horrible. They did. But LSU also needed three picks, including a pick six, 
to barely beat them 49-42. You guys want to really bet that this Florida State team could put up more than 42 points? Remember, they threw three picks and still scored 42 points, right? So it's three totally wasted drives, still scored 42 points. I think 40% might be a little optimistic. In fact, um, you know, with the way they're playing, I'm actually going to put them down there with Clemson, and I'm going to be a little more negative because of the rivalry. I'm, I'm going to say a 35% chance, which, by the way, is more optimistic than I was in August. So just saying. Give me 45. I okay. personally think that defense is extremely poor. I have a feeling that Mullen might stick with Emory Jones, who, to me, if he starts that game, it's most likely going to be uh, they're going to lose a, a several more games. And AR-15, I think we saw, actually put them back in into the game. So, like, that team it just isn't, to me, that good. And trust me, I've watched a lot of Florida football, whether it be the beginning of the game. And also, I think over the summer, they spent a lot of time sort of preparing for the Alabama game in week three. That's why I looked poor against FAU. That's why I looked poor against USF. And they lost that game. And we see with Miami right now, and we see how well that's four years ago. Once you play Alabama, you're not the same for like several weeks after that. So to me, this four team, they're not that good, man. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I don't know why. I'm not going to put the decimals in there. I'm just going to round up because I was trying to do that in my head. I was like, wait a minute. So we we basically, the way this this shakes out for both of us is we're both looking at about three wins. And look, it's it's what I've said consistently. It's what you've said consistently when I look at each of these games, I see one for sure win. But when I look at the aggregate, I see two to three wins. And I, I think that's about where our expectations should be. Hey, folks, sorry to interrupt. Last time, I promise. But I got to tell you all about my favorite product. Literally, it's like my favorite thing we do. It is. I, You know, it's like don't pick your favorite kid, but we all know that one of them bothers you more than the other ones. You know what I mean? Not that any of our, you know, sponsors bother me, but Sweatblock's definitely the best one. Because... You see me now because I'm on camera. You can watch me on YouTube. I know I've plugged YouTube seven or eight times today, but just go subscribe, click the bell. But you know what you don't see? You don't see sweat. Look at that. Super dry. Yeah, it's navy blue, but hey, force a habit. Yeah, that's because of sweat block. Folks, it's so easy. You just, you get in the shower, you hop out of the shower, you hit yourself with the sweat block, wipe once a week. Literally, that's all it takes is once a week and it will drastically reduce your sweating, or so they guarantee. It's not just me. It's the company itself guarantees that it will work or they will give you your money back. That's right. That's how confident they are in Sweatblock. So go to sweatblock.com or go to Amazon or even go down to CVS and pick it up in person. Their wide array of products from the wipes that I, you know, the, the medicated wipes. I don't like the term medicated because it makes it sound like a condition. We're all, you know, some of us dudes, we just sweat. It's hot in Florida. The creams, all that good stuff. Sweat block is phenomenal. It is the only wingman you need when it's hot outside, which I'm finding out is literally every single day in Florida. So go to sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. Final stop. This is my little chart I made. Sorry, don't worry about that up there. That's finance homework. Uh, <laughs> don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, so this is a little chart I made. And we were talking about Ed Orgeron as a coach. And one thing Drake brought up was, well, what about his recruiting? Which, fair question, it gets tossed around. So what I wanted to look at was, how does his recruiting compare at LSU to what LSU was doing before? So right here, 2015 is when Orgeron started as the D-line coach. 
2017 is when he started as the head coach. So the way I compared it was I compared these four years, and I'll show you all the comparisons out here in a moment, to the four years without him. But I also looked at his time totally with the program, these six years, because two years as the, as the defensive line coach at LSU, to the previous six years without him. So I looked at the recruiting rankings. Now this five, four, three, that is five-star D lineman he recruited successfully, four-star D lineman he recruited successfully, three-star defensive lineman he recruited successfully. So looking at that before Coach O, which this is just crazy, LSU's uh, average recruiting class was number six and a half in the nation. When he was their D-line coach, they were going through a lot of great stuff. Their average was three and a half in the nation. Since he's been their head coach, though, their average has fallen to six and a half in the nation and, and rec overall recruiting class down to 7.75 with him as the head coach. Now, you look at five stars. Before Coach O, uh, I'm going to actually look at um, – this doesn't really tell you a lot when you look at average, but before Coach O, they were they successfully recruited two five-star D linemen. They got zero with him as the head as the D line coach, and they've gotten or sorry, one with him as the D line coach, zero with him as the head coach. So during Coach O's entire tenure, he's gotten one less five-star D line recruit than he did uh, than LSU did in the six years before him. Four stars, it's very similar. In just his time as a head coach compared to his time as a when he wasn't there, when LSU didn't have Coach O at all, he's recruited three more, three more uh four stars. In his time since if you include when he was the D-line coach, and you look at those six years of him being D-line and head coach to him just being to him not being there at all for six years before that, he's recruited two less four stars. Now We'll go ahead and jump to the end. Spoiler alert. Where the numbers really shine is he's recruited nine more. If you look at the six years when he was D-line coach and head coach combined in the six years, and then you look at the six years prior to that at LSU without Coach O, he's recruited nine more three-star defensive linemen than the control group of the six years before him. So Orgeron's very good at recruiting more three-star defensive lineman. Now you say, Max, why are you looking at D-line? Well, the rumor was, is right now, and this is kind of rumors that similar to Jimbo to LSU, right? Like this is all just in the ether. It's very much, you know, who knows what's going on. But there are people are saying, hey, what if he went to Florida State as the D-line coach? A, y'all know, and Drake, I, I think we have differing opinions on this, which is fine. I don't like taking coaches that have been demoted, especially not that far, right? Like to me, it's almost better if you're, going down to analysts because that says you'll be a head coach again one day, then like, oh yeah, yeah, we've decided you're just a D-line coach for life. But anyway, the last thing I looked at was, okay, is he a good D-line coach? And as a head coach, since that's the position group he coached, what's his impact been like on the defensive line? So I went to Football Outsiders. They measure, I believe it's, I can tell you real quick. They measure nine different advanced metrics to grade a defensive line. I averaged each of those together where um, LSU ranked to tell you what their rank was in the country of defensive line play. It only goes back to 2014. So only one year without Orgeron. The year before he became defensive line coach, LSU was 44th in the nation. The two years he was there, they were 51st and 40th. And since he's been head coach, they've been 49th, 
best D-line in the country, 66th best D-line in the country, 45th best D-line in the country, and last year, 67th best D-line in the country. So, Drake, you see there, he, he hasn't really had any kind of measurable impact on defensive line play compared to what LSU's done before him. And recruiting-wise, he really hasn't done anything other than bring in a bunch of three-star guys, which clearly have not translated to production, right? If he were a defensive line guru, well, you'd want to see his two years as D-line coach, that average, which what is this average right here, about 45 and a half, be substantially better than the years before he was there. And his average over those two years is almost identical to how the D-line performed the year before. And as the head coach, he has failed to have his team match the 2014 number even once. So I don't know, man. I know it's a lot of numbers I just threw at you guys. If you're not seeing this on YouTube, we may have taken a lot of that out for the podcast. That is up to Drake to decide. Check it out on YouTube to get my full breakdown of why I think Orgeron over to uh, Florida State and to replace Odell Higgins would be a bad move. But those are my thoughts. The prosecution rests, Your Honor. Yeah, I just don't want him here for it's not even the on the field stuff. Uh, <laughs> Max, I could have saved you a ton of work on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just from everything I hear from like going inside the program, outside outside the program, off the field stuff. I'm not. I don't want him anywhere near my program at all whatsoever uh, until all that stuff is cleared up. Or quite frankly, I think that the culture that right now that we're trying to develop at the school is not conducive to actually to him coming in. I would just throw a wrench in all those plans. And what the thing is, I will say for in his defense for that. It's really hard to see like you already have like a top five almost working class every single year and you still remain primarily in that top five. He also has, I think, seven or eight kids right now in the NFL from those recruiting prospects. So and also with head coaching, you know, like I me, mean, you know better than I do that when you become an HC, you don't really focus all that much on specifically your own old position group. They also have gone through three, se- three separate defensive line coaches, I think, the past three years. Now, that also points more to what I said earlier, where off the field, him not you know being able to work with certain staffs actually at all whatsoever like con- in a conducive manner. But yeah, I don't I don't want that man at the school personally. I don't. I think Odell he's done a great job here. He I, he, he, I think he is coming to the end of you know his career here. But there's definitely going to be better options out there than um, old former friend there. So I'm glad you said farmer friend. Yeah, I, look, I think when Odell reaches his time, first of all, you let him pick when that time is, and secondly. I, I think there's going to be another Alex Atkins out there, but on the defensive side of the ball to go get. So, folks, thanks for making us your first listen today. Make sure you go rate and review five stars. Tell us what you love about the show. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Hit that little uh, bell icon so you get notified of things right away. And most importantly, stop by again tomorrow. We are here five days a week. I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. I got some Taco Bell waiting for you, man. I can't wait. I'm not going to cross.